Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Paul knew heaven would be amazing, incredible. But he knew God was not true with him. So he basically just says, I have the heart of Jesus. And you can see something there. He has the heart of a shepherd or a pastor. He wanted to help those he taught to grow spiritually and experience life as God designed. That is my desire for you. Hopefully, you have a pastor with the attitude that the Apostle Paul had toward the church in Philippi. These days, there are plenty of pastors who are willing to take your money, talents, and time and give little or nothing in return. They're what Jesus called wolves. All they want to do is to devour the flock for their own fulfillment. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the importance of having a pastor who will do what Paul did, teach the whole scripture of God and encourage you to want to become more like Jesus. That's their job, and attaining the likeness of Christ is ours. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part one of his message, Learning from Our Past, But Living Life Forward. When we were younger, uh, just before we went back to school, and by the way, this week, everybody goes back to school. All the kids go back to school. The parents are cheering like crazy. What's with that? Okay, okay. Well, as the kids go back to school, they're going back to school to learn uh, education, brain kind of stuff, and social skills so they can grow and be successful in the world. Well, Paul's going to talk about a different type of growth today. It's spiritual growth. What's that look like? How are we supposed to do it? Now, there's lots of ways to measure spiritual growth. I just want to give you three this morning. So if you've never written these down, I'd encourage you to do it. You can do it with three words, really. Think, to be, and to do. Here they are. Here's a simple way to see how you're doing spiritually. God wants us to think like Jesus. In other words, to have the mind of Christ. Some people say, well, how in the world does God think? Well, the minute you open the Bible, that's how God thinks. This is God's mind to you. Number two, God wants us to be like Jesus. We don't follow Jesus just to follow him. We follow him to become like him. The fruit of the spirit, the character of Jesus. And number three, God wants us to do the works of Jesus. Again, we don't follow Jesus just to get to heaven. He created us to do good works so people could notice, see the change in our life, come to Christ. 
All of that is there. Now, I want you to take a little trip back. Go back one year and ask yourself, with those three kind of keys, how have you grown in the last 12 months? Do you think more like God because you've been in the Bible? Is your character more like God? Are you involved in serving and doing things way more than you used to be before? You see, if I put you up against that little mark, would there be a difference this year from last year? You say, well, Pastor Mark, what's that all about? Well, that's why we're here. We're to grow. So Paul is going to talk to us today basically about this. What keeps us from growing to be more like Jesus? And ask you to turn to Philippians in your Bibles, chapter 3. We'll start in verse 10. In Philippians chapter 3, it's interesting to me. Paul is writing in Rome to a church in Philippi. But Paul is in prison. And he's writing about the joy of serving God in prison. So it's a challenge to all of us right from the start as you watch Paul. Here's what Paul says in verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sharing in his sufferings. Paul knew a lot about suffering. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. What Paul is simply saying is this. He wanted to know Christ better in every way. Now that word know is not a mental word. It actually goes back to the book of Genesis. The word know is a word of intimacy. Adam knew his wife. Sexual intimacy. That word know, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Not in a sexual way, an intimate way. In a relationship. Remember, Christianity is not about religion. It's about relationship. So Paul says, I want to know Christ in that intimate way. Here's really what Paul is saying. If you're taking notes this morning, Paul wanted to be and do all that God had planned for him. That's where he was going. That is what he saw in front of him. And in the next verse, verse 12, he gives us a progress report. He gets very personal and he looks at his own life. Here's how I, Paul, I'm doing. Look at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. Or have already been made perfect. But I circle the word. Press on. To take hold of that. Which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul has been walking with God. For many, many years. And he basically says. I have not arrived to that maturity I would like. I'm not satisfied with my spiritual growth. I'm not as mature as I really want to be. So he wanted to keep growing and progressing spiritually. He knew he had not accomplished everything that God had for him. Notice that word I ask you to circle, press on. It was forward. It's a forward focus. So Paul lived with an amazing attitude from jail. 
The best is still to come because he was excited about his future. So what is Paul saying to you and me today? Here it is. A sign of spiritual maturity in your life and in my life is this. Our desire to keep growing and progressing. You know, physically, if you, at the fifth grade, were this height, and at the 12th grade, you're this height, between those years, mom and dad would have probably taken you to the physician, because something's wrong. There's no growth at all. Well, Paul's saying, we need to watch what keeps us stunted in our spiritual growth. And he's going to give us some amazing keys this morning because he is a role model and he says, look, I haven't arrived yet, but I have a desire to keep growing and progressing. Some of you are going to say, well, Pastor Mark, okay, I'll keep growing and progressing because you're telling us to do it. No, that'll never work. It'll never work. It has to be your desire to think and be and do like Jesus. Now, Ask yourself today, how are you doing? I told you to measure yourself, but do you have a desire to grow and keep on growing? I know some of you are thinking already, Pastor Mark, I don't think I'll ever be like Jesus. Let me just say to you, amen, you will not. Either will I. But I want you to understand this next statement. You need to write it down. Spiritual maturity, growing to be like Christ, The goal is continued progress, not perfection. We will never be perfect. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, God doesn't expect you. God doesn't expect me to be perfect. Go ahead. Come on. God doesn't expect me to be perfect. How many can say, thank you, Jesus? Okay, good. Because there's nobody. How many people were there perfect? One. Just Jesus. Now, get your finger ready. See, God doesn't expect me to be perfect. Get your finger up. Everybody put it up. I'm going to come down and break your finger if you don't put it up. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Now, I want you to turn your neighbor with a smile and go, look, God doesn't expect me to be perfect, but he expects you to be perfect. Go ahead and get him. (laughs) Go ahead and get him right now. Yeah. If you just said that to your wife, you can call Pastor Dave's office. He does marriage counseling during the week. (laughs) All right. Now, isn't that great? I mean, that's not unrealistic. Now, then Paul kind of, remember, Paul had, all, had been to heaven and he came back to earth. But he couldn't put into words what heaven was like because it's beyond our imagination. He didn't even know how to talk about it. So watch what he writes. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ. In other words, in heaven. Which would be Far better than living on this crazy earth. But for your sakes, he's talking to the people at Philippi in a church that he started. It is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue, look at his goal, to help all of you, all the people in the church, grow And experience the joy of your faith. 
Paul knew heaven would be amazing, incredible, but he knew God was not true with him. So he basically just says, I have the heart of Jesus, and you can see something there. He has the heart of a shepherd or a pastor. He wanted to help those he taught to grow spiritually and experience life as God designed. That is my desire for you. That is my desire and the elders and pastors desire. We love you and we want every single person that calls Calvary Chapel their church to grow and accomplish everything God has for you. I can only teach. You have to do the work with God. But he's at work in you. And I want us to move from have to, I desire in my heart to be more like Jesus. We're not here as a religion. We're here as a relationship. Your pastors and teachers and shepherds, we love you. This is not a job for me. This is a calling from God. I can't change you, but I can teach you the word of God so that you desire to grow to be more like Christ. That's what Paul was saying to his people. And that's our role model as you see Paul. Look at verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Circle this in your Bible. But one thing I do, I do. It's not just a thought. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, kind of like a race, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul is doing one amazing thing. He's focusing on the direction of his spiritual life. He's focusing on the direction of his spiritual life. Notice, one thing. Now, many of you, like me, are multitaskers. I can do lots of things at the same time. Some of you can only kind of do one thing. But sometimes I've discovered this. I'm sometimes trying to do too many things at the same time, and none of them really turn out to be very good. You know what I'm talking about. So here is this. Paul had as his role model, because he wanted to be like Christ, Jesus. Well, was Jesus focused in his ministry? Of course he was. Well, how do we know it? Because he said this. I only do what the Father tells me to do. Right on key. Focused. He wasn't trying to do 50 things at the same time. Jesus said, I only do what God tells me to do. Now, when you see that, what was Paul's direction going to be? Paul is changing a direction. He says, I'm forgetting the things in my past. Everybody in this room, we all have a past. He says, I'm leaving the past behind. I'm not living back over here thinking about all those things that have. I'm changing direction. I'm going toward my future. And that's the direction he's headed. And that's the only way you and I will ever do life. And we'll see what that looks like this morning. Now, Paul's going to give us three steps so that we're not living in the past. I'm going to give you one of those today. 
So here's the first step you want to write down today. Remember, every one of you that I'm speaking to, including myself, obviously, we have a past. Number one, forgetting, Paul says, if you're going to grow, you have to forget your past. Let go of it. When you think that, understand what he's saying. Pastor Mark, how can I forget my past? Well, there's a definition spiritually of that. Warren Wearsby writes it. I'm going to read it to you. It's very important. Forgetting my past. Keep in mind in the Bible terminology, to forget does not mean to fail to remember. Apart from senility, hypnosis, or some kind of a medical brain malfunction, no person can forget what has happened in the past. Linda and I were cleaning the, uh, one of the rooms and uh, getting ready for Israel trip. And we found some of the other luggage. And I kind of went through the luggage, make sure it was in good shape and whatever things, bags that we normally don't take. And I emptied it. Here was an airline seat ticket for about 10 years ago when we went with some friends to Columbia. And we looked at the ticket. And guess what happens when you look at that ticket? Man, you whoo, I can remember the food, the steaks, the whatever, the memory. Wow, wow, wow. Spiritually, that's not what we're talking about. No one can forget your past. You know what happened. Remember what I started with today? How many of you remember way back when somebody, when you were five years old, they, they measured you? Now, here's the problem. As you think about that, many of us can go to the past and remember those things like crazy. But we can't remember what we did yesterday. That's a picture of senility. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't laugh, young people. You'll get there. So what does it mean? Write this next statement down. Put this in your Bible somewhere. I encourage you to put it in the front of your Bible. To forget, in a biblical sense, means this. I know I am no longer influenced by or affected by those memories. Oh, I remember what happened, but it doesn't affect me anymore. And you're going to see why. Because of God's grace and God's forgiveness. So that's what Paul is saying. He can remember what happened, but I'm not affected by it anymore. And we'll see what that really looks like in real life. As we look at our past, there's one thing we should forget so we can move forward. Actually, I'm going to give you two things. Here's the first. Write it down. First, I have to forget my past accomplishments and successes. My past accomplishments and successes. Now, this blue suitcase is your past successes and accomplishments. And Paul says, I have to move past them. And you'll see in a moment the danger of not doing that. But there is a positive to remembering our past accomplishments and what God's done and successes. Let me give you an example. Little David was a shepherd boy. And as he began to grow, one day he was sent to the battlefront. And the army of Israel and Saul the king, they were facing a giant called Goliath. And the Goliath had made fun of them day after day after day. I'm going to chew you up and throw you out, spit you down, you're finished. And nobody, nobody had the, the courage to go after him. Little David came there to actually brought lunch to his brothers. 
And he goes to King Saul. He says to King Saul, I'll defeat him. Saul laughing like crazy. Shepherd boy. Yeah, right. And David said this, you know, I have history with God. And he goes back to his past where God helped him kill a lion and a bear and save the sheep he was watching. And he says to Saul, the same God that helped me in the past kill the lion and the bear is the same God that's encouraging me today to go forward. And God will destroy this giant. See, that kind of past that stimulates you forward because of God, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. I have a journal. I write in my journal quite often. I have an area that I write God things. Where God has done things in my life. And when I get discouraged, from time to time, I just go back to that page. It's actually pages now, obviously. And I look at it and go, wow. How many of you are glad that the God of the past who got you out of messes is the God of today? But see, sometimes that memory's good. But there's a danger with living in the past with our accomplishments in our successes. Let me explain to you how that works. Think about this. Satan loves to bring this suitcase to us and remind us. It's not us going to get it. The battle is always in the mind. So he rolls this out and he starts undoing this. And you're just going, take a look at here. You're unbelievable, you are. You're fantastic. I go, well, let's go back here a little bit. Wow. And pretty soon, here's what happens. Write these two words down. When I look back at my successes and accomplishments, two things happen to me spiritually. I become stagnant and I become prideful. Wow, look what I did. You didn't do it at all. It was God that did it through you. And, well, I mean, I really don't have time to go forward. Let's just talk about the past. You know, one day when Jesus was by the Sea of Galilee, he started with something that we know because we call ourselves Christ followers. That's because of what Jesus did. He said to the fishermen, come follow me. Now, if that day when Jesus said, come follow me and the disciples for them, they began to follow him. Did Jesus then go like this? Sit down, boys. We're not going anywhere. If I live in the past, I just become stagnant. You never saw Jesus say, follow me and sit down. He went forward. Much of the church sits down. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that God wants us to think like Jesus, be like Jesus in our character, and to do the same works Jesus did. This is quite a lot to live up to. Good thing for us that in making these demands, God also gave us access to the same power source that Jesus was tapped into, the Holy Spirit. If we can remember all that, our lives will be successful. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next part of Pastor Mark's teaching, we will continue in the book of Philippians with the Apostle Paul's instructions to the church in the city of Philippi. We will hear more about our need to follow Paul's example and forget the past. We'll find out what that forgetting entails and how it can benefit us. We will also be warned about things that can slow our attempts to move forward. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue this teaching series called Learning from Our Past, But Living Life Forward. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving